This spring's commencement season ends another chapter in the lives of millions of college students across the nation. But this year's strains of pomp and circumstance will be tinged with a solid dose of uncertainty for the class of 2009. That's because the economic recession has created one of the worst job markets in decades. Good morning. I'm George Bodarki, and this is Cityscape on 90.7 FM and WFUV.org. On this morning's show, how are new grads weathering the economic storm? And what are schools doing to help them? That and more this morning on Cityscape. Glad you're with us. No matter how you slice it, this year's crop of college graduates is facing a bleak job market. But just how bad is the situation for new grads? I pose that question to Edwin Koch. He's with the National Association of Colleges and Employers. It's a very difficult year the most difficult year since uh, the spring of 2002. We're expecting the um, employers to hire more than 20% fewer graduates out of the class of 2009 than they had hired out of the class of 2008. The, um, the last time there was a downturn like this was, as I said, spring of 2002. Previous to this, the last several years have been very strong uh, years for college graduates. Which industries are most affected? The industries the most affected are, are the financial sector, which is down uh, tremendously. It's virtually uh, dried up as an alternative for college uh, hiring, standard manufacturing industries, and really very much across the board in the private sector, beyond finance and, and uh, basic manufacturing Everything else has been affected just as badly and uh, is down substantially. Only one positive area, and that's been government hiring. How um, much? How much there? Uh, only a 5% increase. Is that because there's a new administration in power? Not really. The federal government has had um, increased hiring levels uh, over the, the last few years, and it's mostly been driven by demographics uh, because retirements are in a way, bit easier out of the federal government and can occur at an earlier age, they're seeing the effect of the baby boom aging quicker than the private sector, and uh, they've encountered the need to replace people at a much earlier date. So in the private sector, those baby boomers are more likely to hold on to their jobs for longer. Yes, they have been and uh, can be expected to for the next couple of years, although the nature of the aging population means that for college graduates looking out beyond this year and maybe next year, uh, it's a very promising job market for the future. Do you get a sense that college graduates want to go into government positions? There is an increase in, uh, we do a student survey every year, and there is a marginal increase in the interest in government employment this year. Because of the large numbers, it's statistically significant. Uh, we have over 35,000 students respond to the survey. And it's jumped from uh, 8% of the student population interested in looking at government to just under 11% this year. Are a lot of grads simply holding off on looking for a job altogether? Not substantially different than in previous years. They haven't hit the job market in any more substantial terms than in previous years. 59% of the students that we surveyed had already started looking for a job, which is about the same rate at this point in the year as is generally the case. In a job market like this, you can't really be picky. Are you finding that grads are much more likely to take that first offer? No. Really? Not at all. Wow. Uh, as a matter of fact, they're anything but. Of the students that have been offered at least one job offer, 
only 45% of the students have accepted that offer at this point in the survey. That surprises me. Uh, it surprised me, too. But um, that's exactly the, num- the percentage number that, that we saw last year. It is absolutely no different. Do you get a sense that they're paying close attention, though, to the economic climate? We asked them if they're concerned. They indicate that they are concerned. They indicate that they recognize that there may be some impact from uh, the economy going south, but a majority of them are still confident that they will have a job within three months of their graduation. Even if you are lucky enough to find a job, are starting salaries lower than they were in years past? They're about the same as last year, down marginally, down about 2%. Where in the country is the economic climate worse right now? It's pretty uniformly bad for college students across the country. Uh, We saw from the employer survey, it seems a little bit worse in the Northeast and on the West Coast. Ed Koch, thanks so much for your time. You're welcome. Edwin Koch is with the National Association of Colleges and Employers. Today is graduation day here on the Rose Hill campus of Fordham University. So what's on students' minds on this big day? Here are some of their thoughts. My name is Emily Palumbo, and I'm a senior here at Fordham. I'm going to grad school in the fall, so I get to hide for a couple more years. But um, I know that a lot of my friends are pretty worried about it. My name is Danielle Lupo, and I'm a uh, senior at Fordham University. you got to take it one step at a time when you're going to look for your job. you just got to make sure that you're strategic and that you know you look for something that you want that's going to give you experience, and then hopefully you get a job. Right now I'm going home, hanging out there for a little bit, probably getting a summer job, doing the whole waitress thing, and then I will start looking for something semi-serious, semi-professional, when I feel ready, because right now I'm taking a break. My name is Melinda Jeffrey. I'm a senior at Fordham University. I'm actually excited. I'm ready to move to the next step. I have a job, so I'm, I'm okay. My name is Carly Linfat. I'm a senior at Fordham. I feel very nervous <laughs> and unprepared because I don't have a job yet, but um, hopefully things will turn around soon. I guess I put my, res- my resume on monster.com and went talk to a headhunter to see if they can find anything for me. My name is Elizabeth Keen. I'm a senior at Fordham University. It's really sad. It's probably one of the worst economic times to be graduating lately, and it's really depressing to feel like you've worked so hard and not have a job. Graduating seniors here on the Rose Hill campus of Fordham University. You can hear live coverage of Fordham's Commencement Day events starting at 9 o'clock this morning right here on 90.7 FM and WFUV.org. With us now to talk more about the economy and how it's impacting new grads and college students in general is New York Times financial reporter Tamar Lewin. Tamar, what's the situation like out there from your vantage point? It's a terrible year to be graduating, and I think everybody's worry is that if you don't find something soon, the new grads are going to be piling up before the economy gets better. So people, well, of course people in the finance industry are in terrible trouble. People in teaching, which is one of the things that everybody always thought was really safe, that's not going so well. We have a story in the Times just today about how New York City, which is something you always could count on, that they hired thousands of new teachers every year. They've directed people to hire internally, which has thrown this kind of tumult around about all these people who were you know, majoring in education. You could always get a job, and now what do you do? If you can't get a paid position, can you at least work for free, or are internships even hard to come by? 
you can work for free. It's getting hard to find that internship that's going to go somewhere. You can probably still get something where you'll get coffee for people, but most people want to use this as a way into the career that they wanted, and that's just really hard. So this is a year where the people who kind of bit the bullet early and decided, okay, I will be a camp counselor, I will be a lifeguard, um, those people are the ones who have jobs and, and not so many other people. And, of course, they're also competing for these jobs with folks who have been laid off, folks with lots of experience in their own industries. Right. And there's that question of if you're hiring somebody, do you want the 40-year-old or do you want the 22-year-old? Are more students deciding to stay in school, going for their master's or their doctorate? They're huge number. The master's is kind of becoming the new bachelor's degree, and a lot of people are finding that you need more than a bachelor's. And there's there's been an enormous influx of people well, at least trying to get into master's programs. And there's some kinds of jobs like being a physician assistant, which um, are now those programs, a lot of them are getting, you know, 13, 1,400 applications for 30 spots. And that's, that's new. And then there's the whole influx into community colleges, which are finding their, their capacity really stretched because lots of people are transferring from expensive private colleges and finding that they need to come home and spend a year or two living at home. Um, places like CUNY, the applications are way up. The quality is way up. They have a lot more kids with SATs over 1,200. The Honors College at, at CUNY had a 50% rise in applications this year. It's just this kind of wholesale herd trying to get to community colleges because it's, it's so much cheaper. So it sounds like we could be faced with a situation with people coming out of high school with nowhere to go. There are places for them to go. The question is how much it, it costs. And there's been so much uncertainty this year about how much families would be willing to pay and how many people were going to be losing jobs and be able to pay for private education that there, too, the, the public universities are, are getting a, a lot more applications. It's been very hard to predict, and this is the month when it all kind of comes down to the wire. People have to decide on the private side, you know, where they're actually going to school and can they afford it. At the very high-end ones, at the at the Ivies, at the really fancy liberal arts schools at, you know, at Amherst, Williams, and Middlebury, and Bowdoin, they're doing fine. They're getting the same number of, of kids they always do. But everyone is paying more for the kids now. They're giving, this year, a lot more financial aid. Um, and I think the really big question is, for next year, are they going to be able to keep it up? Probably not, because their endowments are not going to be back up. And I don't think they're going to want to spend quite as much as they're spending this year to make sure that they have enough students. So the ones who are going to be freshmen next year, they're doing okay. The ones who are just going into their senior year, that's going to be a touchy group. But then there's this weird thing, which is even though the sticker price at a private college is so you know, incredibly high. It's forty or fifty thousand dollars a year. So a lot of people think, well, I couldn't possibly afford that. They have so much more um, financial aid to give that the actual price you pay may be less. And at the same time, the place that tuition is rising the fastest is at the cheaper public universities. So the whole the whole landscape is really shifting this year. We have to look at all of this very differently. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people, we have a new blog um, called The Choice, and it, it it was a lot of students kind of agonizing over, 
you know, should they go to the place that doesn't have the fantastic name recognition, but where they got a full scholarship or where they could live at home or where they could have a cheaper life, or should they hold out and try to go to their dream school? And in the end, it's very hard to give up, you know, if you've spent your whole life kind of thinking you were going to go to some school that you'd always dreamed of, and then... Well, I have a friend who got into the school she'd always wanted to go to, and her mother lost her job the day after she got her acceptance. At that point, you know, what do you do? But it sounds like schools are willing to work with students, though. If you're having some financial hardships, go to your counselor and talk to them. Go very quickly to your counselor and talk to them. On the other hand, as I said, everyone is just, all the schools are working as hard as they can this year to kind of build their financial aid budget really high. I don't think very many of them think they can afford to do that for next year's class or forever after, because the way endowments work is you you take out a piece of it every year, but you take it out based on an average of how much the endowment's earning. So if there was a one-year dip, it wouldn't be so bad, but that's not what we're seeing. And so by next year, it's really going to hit that they're just not going to feel they have enough money to spend. On the college grad side of things, how stretched are career services offices at colleges and universities? Well, they're getting a lot more business. Um, uh, Kids are camped out there. I don't think at most schools that they really, you know, they, they don't have too many specific jobs to offer. They have wonderful general help. But if you walk in around now or you walk in a month ago, um, there's not that much that anybody can do to point you somewhere. Yeah, and some of these schools have alumni returning and asking for help. They do, but the other thing they also have is alumni networks who of people who might really want to help the new grads. It's a hard time. I mean, and it's a hard time. We we also had a story in the paper yesterday about a family where the mom and the kid were both unemployed and applying for the same job, but the mom decided she should step down because really it was more important that her kid get into the workforce, but then neither of them got the job because it, it got frozen. It's a very interesting world that we're living in, huh, Tamar? It's tough. I think, you know, there's a real big question about what kinds of fields people are going to go into. In this country, we've had this very strong liberal arts tradition. You know, yes, go major in sociology. Yes, go major in anthropology. And I think that mindset is is changing a little bit. And people are thinking, no, I, I really need to get into a field that has some practical application. And that's going to be a big difference because... It's it's what's made American, you know, higher education so successful is this you can train people to, to be ready for anything and to have big thoughts. And, you know, we all know everybody's going to change jobs a lot, so you can't train just specifically for one thing and, and know it's always going to be there. But at this point, I think a lot of parents think, well, does it make any sense at all to pay $200,000 for a degree that has no immediate possible, you know, job application. That being said, are we seeing increased enrollment at trade schools, people becoming plumbers, working on cars? Yeah, but it's not just that. I don't know about that, but we probably are. What is happening is a lot more schools and community colleges and four-year schools are starting to offer something that they call um, an applied baccalaureate. So whereas people used to get a BA, now they might get a Bachelor of Applied Technology or a Bachelor of Applied Science in all kinds of fields that you didn't used to think of as being that, like 
digital imaging or vet tech or um, public safety management. These are all becoming baccalaureate level applied jobs because there are workforce places for people and there are more and more employers who want people with more training, like a four-year baccalaureate, but it's kind of different from what we used to have. Tamar Lewin, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Tamar Lewin is a financial reporter for The New York Times. Students aren't the only ones feeling the pressure of the tough job market. The people responsible for helping them find work are sharing their anxieties. WFUV's John Rogan sat down with Andrew Cronin, the director of the Career Services Office here at Fordham University. John joins me now. Good morning, John. Good morning, George. What's the situation at Career Services? Well, not surprisingly, Cronin says many more students than usual are turning to the office for help with their job search. They're going to the job fairs it organizes, and they're attending workshops meant to develop professional skills in much bigger numbers. But as he points out, the students in his team are facing an uphill battle with the job market. This is probably the toughest I've seen so long as I've been in this business. It is a challenge for the career service office. We have to change what we do. What are some of the changes that he was talking about there? They're adjusting their approach to make finding work in this environment easier. That includes doing research to help students make informed decisions. Identifying industries that are still vibrant and gathering information on jobs in those fields is part of that effort. And Cronin says there are plenty of different industries that are still hiring. The areas we're looking into uh, and doing more work with are research, uh, risk management and regulation, health fields, uh, education fields, and interesting to a lot of students, green careers. So we're spending a lot of our employer relations efforts working in those areas. What we've also done is we've also sort of tried to be more proactive by helping students to get their foot in the door earlier by encouraging internships. Cronin says internships are important because they provide an opportunity for networking, which gives students connections in the industries in which they want to work. He says having those connections can be essential to getting hired in this competitive job market. It seems like these steps are mitigating the problems students are facing as opposed to eliminating them. Right. Obviously, nothing's guaranteed in this job market. Even if students take all of the right steps, they're not necessarily going to get a job. But that's why Cronin and his team are also taking a more general view beyond the recession. They're focusing on teaching students skills that will be valuable throughout their careers, like interviewing skills and even proper table matters. Also, Cronin says one of the most important missions of his office is to help students find careers in which they can be successful and happy. So they seem concerned about helping students be successful even long after graduation. That's true. In fact, just recently, the Office of Career Services unveiled a program to help Fordham alumni who've lost their jobs. Cronin says the person running that program has seen an outpouring of interest. When we first sent out the notice to our local alum about this program in the first week, I believe she received 200 contacts. Uh, from alum. She has, over the period of about uh, five months now, seen over 400 alum. Uh, She's offered some workshops, uh, and she's had some very good successes with even some people getting placed and getting back into the workplace. So clearly it's a busy time for the Office of Career Services at Fordham, and no doubt that's the case at other colleges and universities where students are facing the same struggles. John Rogan, thank you so much. Thanks, George. You're tuned to Cityscape on 90.7 FM and WFUV.org. Good morning once again. I'm George Boraki. 
As we continue along here this morning, taking a look at how the economy is impacting the lives of new grads and really young people in general, we take a look now at how some people are channeling their economic uncertainty into professional careers in public service. WFUV's Robin Shannon has more. Colorful graffiti art is creatively displayed on what looks like an enceinte outside the point in the South Bronx. Just behind the wall, a group of City Year Corps volunteers are tutoring a few of the 50 or more elementary school students that are sitting at wooden cafeteria tables, eating, talking, and getting help with homework. What do you have for homework today? One of those volunteers is Micah Gibbons, who made a commitment to City Year in part to challenge his peer group's me generation status. Generation me, it's my space and my phone and my iPod and my Facebook, whatever. Um, but all these boundaries get set up that... that you think you're creating a network, but really you're just distancing yourself further from, from your peers. Micah graduated from Western Washington University in 2007. He's at the end of his 10-and-a-half-month volunteer commitment to City Year and vigorously nods yes when asked if he's fearful about his future. I was terrified and truthfully still am. We graduate June 19th, and as of this moment, I don't have a summer job. Plug. Shameless, I know. But Micah also says that apprehensive feeling over what's ahead financially doesn't last long. And what started as trepidation, I really decided it was something I could embrace, um, just the serendipity of not knowing where I was going to end up. Micah also doesn't have to concern himself with economic woes as much as some others in his peer group. He admittedly has a safety net in his rural eastern Washington hometown. If push comes to shove, my, my parents have before, and they could again dig me out of a financial crisis, so I definitely have that to rely on if, if it comes down to it. Um, and because of that, I feel, I feel more optimistic. But it seems more members of the so-called millennial generation, that's people born between 1983 and 2003, aren't living up to that selfish me-generation stereotype. A report by the Corporation for National and Community Service shows volunteer applications by graduating college seniors went from 3,000 in February 08 to over 9,000 in February 09. 22-year-old Stephanie Ormstrom credits President Barack Obama's call to service. I know the new administration is definitely helping kind of this, you know, sanctioning and condoning public service and telling people that it's important and just as worthwhile as any other um, employment opportunity out there. New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg has also launched his own call with the NYC Service Initiative, and Stephanie is heeding these calls. After graduating NYU this week, she's heading to the Peace Corps. That's where she'll teach English to students in Azerbaijan. Like Micah, Stephanie isn't overly concerned about the state of the economy. She says she has her parents for support, and she adds the economic slide has a hidden benefit for college graduates. I think the economy is definitely a stimulus and, and a really good reason for people to start looking at other options. But I think it's something that we've always seen as really important. But as more college-educated volunteers flood public service positions, could they eventually face the same type of competition that job seekers are now facing? New York's regional manager for the Peace Corps says yes. Vinny Wicks says over 14,000 applications to join the Peace Corps across his desk, and he only has 3,900 service positions. So it's not just enough to be willing to help and, and wanting to help other people. You really have to be, um, you know, today you have to bring the skill sets which are going to make that individual, that p potential volunteer competitive. But Stephanie Ormstrom believes she'll have the skills to be competitive when it's her time to go job hunting. Employers can, can see Peace Corps on a resume and, and automatically know something about an individual, know that they're able to com make a commitment, that they're um, 
trustworthy, that they have good leadership skills, that they are, you know, independent, self-sufficient, hard workers. Well, for many new grads, it seems their career path is tied more to solving societal problems than climbing the corporate ladder. And this commitment to serve others may ease much of the tension young people are suffering from due to the failing economy. It also doesn't hurt that they have help from their parents. Still, there will always be a need for employers to attract top talent. And college graduates skilled in volunteerism is likely to be the well they choose to tap from. For Cityscape, I'm Robin Shannon. While some young people are choosing volunteerism as a career path in this economy, as we heard earlier in the show, others are opting to continue their education to buy some time and invest in their futures. But it's not just new college grads taking that course. Professionals are also going back to school with the hope that it will pay off when the economy gets better. My name is Melissa McRavey. I'm 24 years old. I live on Long Island, New York. I'm a student at Malloy College. I started there in September of 2008 to do my bachelor's in childhood education. I was working in an office job in 2007 for about a year when I realized that it wasn't what I wanted to do and I knew it was time to start looking into going back to school. I quit my job even though the, the economy was getting tough and I decided to do something that I liked. I found a babysitting job and started working there and then still thinking about going back to school, looking into options, looking into schools, looking into situations, like how was I going to pay for these schools? And then the economy really started to get bad and I thought now's the time I have to do it. Right now I work half the time. I go to school half the time. I work as a babysitter for 22-month-old twins named Barry and Braden. I need a second job, but it's hard. I don't have that free opportunity. I mean, if I have two hours on one day and an hour and a half on the next day, I, I can't find a job to fill that time because who needs you for an hour and a half on a Tuesday? You know, they, they're going to need you for four hours or eight hours or whatnot. So if I can pick a part-time job in the summer that could work out with my part-time babysitting job, that would be ideal. At the same time, though, I'm looking for a job that carries benefits. I feel like finishing my bachelor's degree in the next couple of years is going to be very beneficial to finding a job. I mean, I'm going to a good school for my major, and I just really feel confident coming out that I'll have the skills. I'm nervous because the fields I'm going into, so are a lot of other people. It's a very popular field, and there are not enough teaching positions for all the teachers that want to be. It's a little stressful, but I feel a lot better getting my degree. It's also a personal accomplishment, because even just say you do something else, you have your degree, and that's something to always fall back on. Melissa is certainly not the only one hoping a return to school pays off in the end. WFUV's Anne-Marie Fertoli introduces us to another individual hoping for a similar happy ending. Gerard Durvin returned to school for the first time in 20 years this past September. Born in London, he pursued a theater degree in England before moving to the States more than a decade ago. Up until this past fall, he worked in the finance industry. But after getting laid off from his job as a bank manager at Wachovia, he decided to take his life in a different direction. He enrolled full-time as a student at Marymount Manhattan College. I caught up with him to talk about his return to college in the school's cafeteria just before class on a Monday afternoon. I'm uh, taking a double major in psychology and theater arts. Being dissolved, not having a job, having different interests than I had 20 years ago, I felt it necessary to come back, finish the undergraduate, and then pursue my interest, which is a graduate's degree in psychology. But Gerard says returning to college comes with its difficulties. Challenges, I guess, is just getting back into the mind frame, mindset of what professors are looking for. Really not, not being 
very sure of what it is that students do these days, 20 years later. After a year in school, Gerard says he has his bearings now, and he's working hard to maintain his GPA. Gerard's financing his education through a combination of federal aid and other loans. But he's also had to cash in some of his savings and says he may need to take on a part-time job soon to help support himself and his wife. But for me, the risk is worth, you know, the rewards. To be free as a 40-year-old to go to school and not have to, you know, go to work every day, it's, it's really amazing the changes that occur in oneself. While the gravity of the poor economic situation may elude some of his younger classmates, Gerard finds some common concerns among students in his age group. A lot of the people I've met and spoken to, they came back to school because they saw the opportunity. They also saw the job market as being a little bit flat and hopeless. There was a sense of hopelessness and a sense of lack of control in their own lives. I think that's why people come back to school, is that they realize they don't have the control for their future that they would like. Now, Gerard's combining past experience with his current schooling. I love the job that I, I used to do. I managed the sales team for wholesale mortgage originations. And one of the, the aspects of that job that I loved was helping other people find or reach their potential. That challenge is what motivated me and interested me. He sees returning to college as an opportunity to make himself more competitive when he returns to the job market. Philosophy and psychology is taking on a whole new interest level from executives because of the ethics issues. So I think it probably would be easier now, even at an undergraduate level, to get a job. But for me, the undergraduate level of psychology is really interesting, but you're really just sort of dipping your toe. And so for me, it's a graduate level and beyond if I can do it. For now, being back in school is a privilege, and Gerard says he finds it inspiring. It's wonderful to come back and, and refresh things and study things anew. Like, I never really studied Greek tragedies. People thinking about coming back to school, I, I absolutely, I mean, you know, knowledge is something that nobody can take away from you. You know, it really sets you free. So I would say, do it. Gerard plans to finish his undergraduate degree this December before pursuing his graduate degree. For Cityscape, I'm Anne-Marie Fertoli. And that's it for this week's Cityscape. I'm George Boldarki. My thanks to producer Michal Niria. Our very best to the class of 2009.